So I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm rarely ever caught in public with Frank. And the reason, like, I have a general rule of thumb is I either walk six feet in front of him or six feet behind him. Because anytime we go somewhere together, we get stuck in a conversation and it's almost like an endless loop. Yes. It's, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it is. It's Groundhog Day. <laughs> we get five feet and then someone's like, hey, Frank, how's your junk from that botched kidney stone surgery? And um, I got to tell dick stories. Yeah. So we get to listen. I have to listen to dick stories over and over and over and over. And, you know, I can go home and dream about these things. Yep. Which is. A lot of people dream about my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's Hide. And today we're here with Aaron Pickering. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, we shot the match the, the last weekend in 30 mile an hour winds and Aaron was running a 223 AI, Ackley Improved. Um, and Frank has been really kind of keying up on the smaller caliber, shorter barrels, trying to get more speed. And we wanted to get this information out to you guys because I know a lot of those questions came up with 223 AI. What's he shooting? What's he doing? Um, so we got Aaron here. We're going to talk about his gun or talk about that caliber. And then we're going to go shoot it. And then we'll do a little bit of video. Yeah, we're out at the range. Yeah, uh, we're we out. just set up for the class. We've got a great steel package out there. So we're going to shoot with Aaron. And I'm going to get some video for you guys to take a look at this. And we got some sporty wind going on right now. So it's pretty typical of the winds. Yeah, we got about an eight, uh, a high end of 18 and a low end of 12. And I'm guessing it's coming from around the 8 o'clock. So we'll have a little bit of wind to hold. It won't be too bad. It, not as bad as it was last weekend. But uh, we'll get an idea of, of what this round is actually capable of out here on our range. So say hi, Aaron. How we doing, guys? So tell us about your gun. All right, so I'm running just a old Remington 700 action that's been trued up. Uh, running a proof research barrel, steel barrel, one and eight twist. Probably finished at about 28 inches with a uh, Thunder 28? Beast. 28 Damn. inches. He's trying to get that MV. That's right. That's right. MV? Well, the, the way I look at it is I can get about 9,000 rounds out of that gun and cut a couple inches off the end of it and hopefully get another couple thousand rounds out go. of it yep cut it back we were just talking about that with fritz cutting shit back yeah Wait, which, cut it back running about uh what 150 bucks to get it cut back and threaded and then crowned up again and then you're back in the fight for another thousand or so yeah yeah i ought to be able to get 10 12 thousand rounds so instead of going out yeah instead of going out and buying a new barrel for like 750 you're kind of making you're getting longevity out of it as you're as you're trimming it back trimming it back and should work in theory and we've been talking a lot about velocity, you know, seeing the small differences, small 150 feet per second dips in velocity, causing some big issues with the winds we have out here. Mm -hmm. So you're getting good numbers out of that 223 with heavy bullets. So I'm running 80 grain AMAXs at right around 2950-ish. Um, and it uh, it does really well bucking the wind. It's it's still a challenge for mm -hmm. a little caliber when you get get that wind and, and, and when mike won at u top five with this same in the 30 yeah, mile an hour wins yeah i ended up fifth yeah, so everybody knows out of he 23 was, he was the top five guy so cool so uh, um next question for you what kind of chassis are you using um right now i'm running a mdt tac 21 chassis with a prs buttstock magpul prs buttstock um what kind of scope running a night force nxs h32 on it right now what radical um, was your preference? It's just on MLR that? radical. MLR. My preference, my preference. I've got a five to twenty-five attacker F1 trimmer three radical. Um, that's what I'm gonna put on it. 
but it's just one of those things I've had it preoccupied on another rifle right now, so it hasn't found its home on my 223, but it Is will. Is it the NXS with the 50 or 56 objective? Do you know? Uh, 56. 56? Yep. Yeah, which is definitely uh, not not really a suitable scope for the game we're playing. It's more of a bench rest scope. But so your height over bore is probably somewhere around like 2.8? 2.75. There you go. So, yeah. Yep. And uh, you said you're running a suppressor on it? Yes, we're running a suppressor. Uh, Thunder Beast Ultra 7. It's the only way to go, guys. Thunder Beast. Civilized. Thunder Beast. Civilized. Frank, what kind of questions you got about this? Or maybe well, let's I, talk about the Ackley Improved first. Why, why is why are we running an Ackley Improved instead of a Remington? I'm not a fan of the Ackley. I had a 260 Ackley, and it just I guess you could fire for him and do everything you have to. I I ended up putting my 260 Ackley back to a straight 260 because it was only really like a f extra 50 feet per second out of the 260, and for the extra work I didn't bother doing it you know and having to go that way because terry cross did the 260 ackley for me and then when i swapped over to a proof barrel i got rid of the ackley but and, and i could see in a 223 that it working out for you to get that little extra boost that you need and we are seeing it in the lighter bullets like the speed you know so for sure i could see an ackley but the nice thing is you you fire form straight up 223 brass yep. right and you're just shooting and it works Right. It's just not perfect. It's not optimal. And then you take that brass after you fire formed it, and then you're going and reloading it that way, and now you have your Ackley Correct. brass all done. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I'm fire forming Lake City brass. Um, I've got probably 2,000 rounds. It's all the same lot, so lot they, head stamp, everything. So it's all the same brass. Um, and precisely, uh, load up regular 223 ammo and jam it into the lands about 10,000 so that way I get a good fire form. I'm running Federal 205 primers because they got a softer cup, so you okay. don't have to worry about dislodging them out of your extractor when you go to fire form. Um, you try, if you try and run harder primers like CCI 450s and stuff that cup so hard that whenever you go to strike it, if you don't have a good jam into your lands, you'll pop it out of your extractor and you'll just get a partial fire form. Good tip so right there, yeah, you gotta rewind you that gotta, and play it back. You gotta really pay attention to to stuff like that. Would you consider this with the MDT chassis, the Remington, all that stuff? Would you consider this one of your budget builds, training guns? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's definitely a budget build for sure. Um, but, but it's competitive. That's, that's what that's thing. where I'm going with this. But it's I've put a lot of time into it, and you know I've I've tweaked it and tuned it and made it to where I can be competitive with it. And uh, it's the the reason I like shooting a 223 and a 223 Ackley so much is because it really keys you up to being able to read the wind better. Mm -hmm. And you go and jump from that to a uh, six Creedmoor or a six BRX or something running close to velocities with a heavier bullet. It's. I mean, that's like going from shooting a 308 to shooting a, a six creed. Five. Yeah, that's the. It's that exactly value. what I've been saying. It's, it's. We were just talking this yesterday yeah. with Randy that Randy wanted more people to shoot the 308s in the mm -hmm. training classes because they'll learn more with the wind versus going straight to a six five cheater round or a six millimeter, and and then you know how that learning curve is a little bit. Yeah, you come right. out looking like a stud right. for sure. Right, yeah. you come out looking great, and and so we were talking about that yesterday, and here you have another guy confirming that very value. Of learning the wind on on a, on a, a less caliber, I guess, or you know, less wind drift 
or it actually has more, more wind drift. More wind drift. And, and then when you go to something with less wind drift, you know, it, it, it makes you that much better shooter. So for sure, good stuff. Cool. Anything more you want to tell us about this thing before we jump on the range and start taking some video? Yeah. Go, what, what else you, that you, what do you see in your personal training with it? Like just doping it out. We'll go through, say you, you just got the barrel on the rifle. You just got your loads all fire formed. Everything's good. What's your kind of like, Hey, it's my first day out with it, with a load I'm going to use process. What do you do? Tell everybody that. So after, after I've fire formed, after I've come up with, you know, the, the hot load that I'm going to, I'm gonna, secret sauce. I'm gonna use the secret sauce. Yeah. Then I like to take it out to distance, uh, verify everything from what I the numbers I've pulled off. What of, kind of uh, max distance are you getting on that? Um, I've shot personally. I've shot this one out to. I think the farthest I've shot this one has been out to a grand. Out to a grand. But Brian Whalen, um, who is a good, really close friend of mine, um, we've shot his out to twenty six forty. There you go. <laughs> and they get there yeah 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 they get there and they're you know pretty accurate out to that distance granted in the we were shooting in really calm winds yeah really um, good conditions perfect, yeah really yeah. perfect, perfect prime conditions, conditions yeah. yes yeah yes so for people that nothing think, like we're going to be shooting in today for people that think uh a 223 is only good to four or five hundred yards that's uh well, That's even a, a yeah, two twenty three rem is still. I've I've had shots out to a thousand consistent hits out to eleven hundred with it, and just you know factory Fiocchi seventy seven yep. grain just running it. Yeah, yeah, they do they do really really here, really I've well. I've done the the sixteen inches like with that cane, um, who's SRS. We had him out here. You guys are out that day. Mm -hmm. We went to eleven twenty five, twelve hundred, and we even went to fourteen forty with his two two three sixteen inch gas gun. Yeah, yeah. and that was a nice yeah. day. Uh, right. That was Nothing, last September, I think. Yeah. yeah, and so you know we were consistent. We were repeatable. <laughs> we had the we had the accuracy, the precision, and the repeatability that we're looking for. So it's definitely something good there. Right, and with the with the two the smaller rounds like that. You want to pay attention when you're doing your hand loads and stuff too, because you're trying to get the the tightest extreme spread you can get. You know the the lowest extreme spread you can get because in you get fishy winds and higher winds, that that velocity spread doesn't leave you a lot to play with. You know the tighter you can keep the you that like extreme your single spread. Digit SD, man, you're yeah, down low. Yeah, you, and the tighter the tighter the better, and that's your air factor gets to be exponentially greater with a smaller round how much time do you think you actually put into like developing everything going from fire forming and, and going from you know jamming the barrel and everything a lot you know i uh hours um i don't know that i can really i don't know that i can really put a put a a, a time a time stamp on it you know uh so let's say you load up what 60 rounds go out form them come back so what I what I do to fire form, I take a generic 223 load, um, which I believe I use like 23 grains of argot, something like that, and I was running 77 SMKs. Um, it may have been Sierra Magic Kings. Yeah, yeah. Um, it may have been more than that on the powder charge. I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, but I just took a generic load out of Sierra's book, jammed them into the lands ten thousandths, and basically I used my fire forming loads for barricade practice um you know position right. so you're practice. pulling something out of it you're not just going I'm, out yeah, there i'm not and just, just aimlessly ripping rounds down range, range right? yeah, yeah you're I'm, actually pulling away i have a purpose for every round i send down range there you go um and a clue. it's <laughs> yeah it's huge, huge clue it's yeah it is and you know if 
you're going to be using up that barrel life, you may as well be getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. Barricade practice, positional practice, even prone practice is important. Um, Which is why I'm not to, the shoot clean, shoot clean, shoot clean break in guy because you ain't getting shit out of it, but your arm friggin' stroking. Right, right, right. You know? So, like I said, every round has a purpose, and you know if if you don't learn something from each round you send down range, then you're wasting your time. So, good advice. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm Sorry, sweating dude. like a hostage in here, dude. Yeah, Let's get out on the range. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go shoot, guys. We'll be back. Ready? Oh, you ready? Okay. Go. And we're back from the range. Actually, we're still at the range. We're just sitting in the vehicle outside of the firing position because it's like you would never be able to hear us in those type of winds that we were out there in just now. So we just got done shooting the 223. Um, Ackley improved. 18 mile an hour winds. 18 mile an hour winds. And you were 1.2 at 400 yards for yeah, wind. Yeah, at, at 400, I was 1.2. And, nice and then tight at 500, group. it was 1.7. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And and it, you're you're not seeing huge spreads. It's cutting through the wind. Once you get your wind hold, it's grouping. Yeah, they're grouping really well. At 400, we've got a, a group that's probably about I don't know, printed on the steel about an inch. Yeah. yeah. We'll run down and take a picture of yeah, it. We'll, we'll put we'll, that we'll up. Get a too. picture for the podcast. Um, I, I filmed a little bit of background with Aaron's uh rifle, so you guys will get a little bit of content with a little, be able to see what's going on with this budget build. But talk about this, because in the, in the video we mentioned that this rifle started out as a 308, then it went to another caliber, was 6mm or 6.5? Uh, 6, 6, six, six millimeter, millimeter more. And then it went to 223, so he, he, he's gotten his money out of this build, and that's something that we want to talk about. Super smooth, single stage trigger. Uh, when I got initially got behind the rifle, I wasn't anticipating the the heavy front of it because it's a 28 inch barrel, and almost it almost toppled right off the front because I when I come into the dive, you know it's at a 45 degree angle, and I was like whoa, and it started teeter tottering uh, away from me, um, and then I didn't practice pull the trigger or anything yeah, like that. Didn't I didn't dry fire. So I was like, all right, as soon as I started getting onto it, and I was like, what's, uh, what's your trigger? Yeah, what kind of trigger is this? Uh, really smooth, though. I don't shoot a lot of, of single-stage triggers. I've pulled the trigger on a 510 many times, but um, you can tell that this one has been worked in, and, mm -hmm. and you keep it clean, so that's good. Um, I'm trying to think of what other points I got to make. I mean, getting behind the gun, it was really soft shooting of course it's a 223 but it was really soft shooting the way the chassis is set up you basically watch everything go down right in front of you right. without having to come off of the target so right. and you know that's where the the chassis is nice and having the adjustable butt piece is you can raise that up and get the center line of of the barrel and the center line of the bore and everything the center of the recoil driving straight back into you and having the cheek piece adjustability of it really kind of yeah more ergonomically of a fan than a stock fan so. definitely yeah definitely ergonomically fits it to you so matching it up against the six creed so i shot my six creed we were sitting side by side we shot the two two three shot the six and at 400 yards i was at six tenths to the center and the two two three was 1.2 1. 1. 1. 2. 2. So, so half the wind with a six creed more versus exactly the two, half two, the wind right but, you know, and, and as we talked about earlier, it's a good training round because you're practicing, you're learning the wind, you're not cheating it, and, and you're getting some good data. And it's consistent. We'll go look at the group again, but talking about that, you see some guys will actually show, they'll have like a four or 500 yard in the wind and the group is strung completely. 
And they're like, well, the wind's stringing it. And it's like, eh, that's not so much the wind, dude. It doesn't string it across the steel like that. Once you get your wind call, you can group it pretty well. Once right. he got his wind call, we put him at 900 yards, and he was banging that coyote target the out coyote's there. Coyote's small. That's coyote. a sporty 900-yard coyote is tough, man. Yep. That's not an easy target. And he hit, and he went for a five for five on that. It's it, uh, When you're up to it's what? It's probably only like a f foot long. How long is that thing? Maybe eight, not quite 18, 16 inches from nose It's not to long. Yeah, it's when not I measured, long at all. When I measured it in my reticle, it was five miles an hour wide for me. Okay. Um, so... That, uh, so explain that when you're measuring something, okay, how are you getting so, miles per hour based off of mills? All right, so I look at, I look at my wind data. This is good information for you guys to to take home with you. I look at my wind data and I base everything starting off of a 10 mile an hour wind. So for the coyote at 900, uh, my 10 mile an hour wind I want to say was like 1.8. 1.8 is what I measured as well. And at 1.8, that makes. Uh, I measured the coyote and the reticle. He measured uh, 0.9, so that makes him five miles an hour wide. So that's my budget of my. Uh, right, that's your right. That's your. That's my wind he's, budget. He's yeah. throwing his fingers around as he's looking at me, <laughs> looking for the words. I, 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 yeah, we know yeah that's that's yeah. that, that's my. That's, that's how my, I do the math. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's how I do my that's math. That's sauce. my budget, and. Uh, so yeah, that's how I figured out it was. And, and we had five talked an about wide. that in some of the wind in, in, in some of the wind ones where you get up there and you measure the width, the mill width of your target, and you look at how much room you have to play with. Danger space. Right, your danger space verti or horizontally versus vertically, and and so you're you're looking at what that error budget is on your wind, and by flash milling it and saying okay that target's this wide, you have an idea of what it is, and and that's part of that process putting that information into your brain and calibrating that same information to your wind call. Picking an educated guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit more educated than just swagging it. You know, that's why we said it's 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 not the same as it used to be. Grab a case of ammo and just go shoot in the wind. It's there there's actually ways to put values to all this data that we have. Correct. And that's exactly what Aaron is explaining to you that he's looking at it as a wind value and he's using his reticle to determine that. So he has a calibrated ruler three inches in front of his nose. He's making a measurement. He's taking that measurement and overlaying it to his wind speed and his call. And then he's working off of that moving forward. Now I understand why from shooting this 223, when we go to like a national match, because I, I typically shoot with Aaron at a national level and he is just destroying people. But he's, you, what caliber are you normally shooting there though? I usually. Typically, I, I'm usually either shooting a 260 Ackley or a 6BRX. Well, we always say we're going to lead the half middle of the pack. Top fucking middle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. So that that that's 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 some of this data, and and I mean we got everything set up out here for the for the uh, class we got going on this week. Aaron helped us out a lot while setting up steel. We set up a, a, a portable classroom in, in a lot of ways. Our $300 classrooms up. And uh, so we got, again, 18 mile an hour winds out here. Yeah, so we had to sandbag, we had to stake, we had to 550 cord. We went through all the motions. So this thing is, it's pretty solid and we've been watching it a little bit. Yeah. A couple times it's come up on edge, but Not since anymore. we've been sitting here, yeah, since we've been sitting here, that was kind of part of it too, is we didn't want it to blow away while we were gone. So we did a little shooting on the range, sitting in the car talking and everything, so. And watching our tent to make sure the wind doesn't catch it like Dorothy. So no, no Dorothy stuff, but I mean, I, I, I want to kind of press the point with you guys. 
how viable these lower cost stuff is and you don't have to go chase the six BRs and they do have a value, I'm not saying they're not, but if you're one of those guys who can't afford that, you don't wanna go chase brass, there are lower cost options for you out there that are just as viable. And the trick to this game, and we're seeing it more and more and more, is speed. If you can get that velocity up there, then you're able to beat the wind even with cartridges that people consider to be lesser. You know, it definitely helps, and, it, and where it helps is in consistency. It, 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 you now have a consistent speed and a consistent uh, track to deal with and then once you determine what that wind hold is well now you're just working the wind because your elevations a given right you don't fight elevation at all you know your elevations good you're Correct. just going wind absolutely yeah you're, you're putting in the effort ahead of time and elevation is never a question and it's always just a wind issue so do the math on this you have the MDT chassis you have a Magpul stock you have a Remington Action, you have a second Focal Plane Night Force, you have a Spur Mount, a Thunder Beast, and an aftermarket barrel. What kind, what the kind of- The Spur is almost as much as the MDT. The, I was just gonna say the freaking, right. the, where oh. the money went was into the suppressor and into the, the, the scope mount. Yeah, the Spur. So. And the, well, and, and funny enough, I won that Spur Mount. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> At no co-presagent. Well, there you go. So, you're talking the ultimate budget build is like, yeah, is is there stuff off the and prize table and then yeah, put the right yeah, together. I, the now barrel, the barrel came off a prize table. I usually guide people into a uh, a second focal plane when they're doing like hunting or yeah. or something right. like that, just because I, I've run into it in the past myself where I was like, all right, there's a coyote and he's like 400 yards. I power up and he moves. I'm like, shit, I power down and I don't have a reticle now. Right. I, you know, find him, power back up. Yep. Power back. I spent most of my time powering up and powering down. So having a second focal plane out here, this is the first time that I've, you know, shot tactically with a second focal. So you guys got to understand, you if you're actually measuring something, you want to make sure that it's at its full value. And on a night force, it actually has a tick mark at half value on your- Yeah, depending on, on your, the model. On, yeah, right, depending right. on the model. Uh, so that you do, you just have to divide by two, you just do the math real quick. Yeah, except- and It doubles the mill. So one mill becomes two when you're at half power. Right. So if you're at 11 power on a 22 power night force, your one mill mark or your two MOA mark becomes two mills or four MOA because it's doubling. So that's something for you guys to think about. And, and it's worth to map for second focal plane scopes. And guys used to shoot them all the time before the front focal planes. They would map them and they would use a ruler at 100 and figure out where everything was and then use a silver Sharpie to remark it because the magnification ring's not always right. Mm -hmm. So that you right. would see guys that had marks on their night forces with Sharpies because they mapped the reticle because it was second focal plane. So that's something you second focal plane guys can do. And also where it works well is ELR. Because now when you go to half power ELR, you're doubling the hold on your reticle. So you're getting more elevation out of it versus a front focal plane where if you have a 10 mil mark in your reticle that's at the bottom, in a second focal plane that 10 mil mark is now 20. So you just added 20 mils to your scope just by going to half power. So there, there, there's some benefit to it. Save yourself some time and effort. Get a first focal. Yeah, yeah. Or get, you yeah. Know, get, yeah they, get a taco. And unit. I know you do have that. I mean, you have your you but your budget bill. You have an AI. You have you know all the good stuff. But this one, you know, just we just wanted to focus on this because one, it's a budget build. Two, uh, two, it's a two, two, three, and three. You came in fifth 
at, at with a 30 mile an hour wind. We thought that was really cool, and we just kind of wanted to talk yeah. about that. I mean, right. think think about this. He's practicing with a two two three, and like he says, when he goes to the big matches, he's a two sixty guy. So, you know, he's saving all this money in this budget build. He's saving money in his loads because the two two three. He's shooting the local monthly match with this training rifle. Then when he goes to the big stuff, he's that much more elegant with the wind and everything. And he has a cartridge that can then compete, you know, and, and maybe bring him when you're in that top 10%, it takes you to that next 2% further because you're, you're now keeping track with him instead of having to work a little bit harder. But if you're, if it's the only rifle you got, then dude, your money, because we see that it works. We're showing that this stuff does have value in these competitions. And he's making every round count. count. Yeah. And practice. Practice. That's that's the that's the key word with the whole budget build because no longer is my rifle does it cost me too much to practice. I don't have to worry about burning up a barrel. This there's no more excuses anymore. I have the perfect answer for practice. And that's efficient. Yeah. Good. This, this, this is like, you know, precision rifle gold you guys are getting here, and you're getting it from the source yeah. with somebody who's effective and accurate with this stuff. So it, it's, it's, you know, you're seeing that our comments are getting put into practice, and we're bringing people who are putting this into practice, and not by listening to us. They put this into practice on their own. And yeah, it's just like reading the manuals out there, dude. You like yeah. we, we've talked about it. You read the manual, you do what the manual says, then you go out and do the job, and they're like, forget everything you read in the manual. This is how we're actually doing it. So what we're doing is we're trying to grab a piece of everybody's life that's out there in this precision world, and we're pulling all the good stuff in so that you guys can get it and put it into practice. And if you like it, cool, use it. If you don't like it, throw it away, find something else. You know, we're not telling you the way to do things. We didn't teach Aaron how to shoot. Nope. Aaron came to, you know, he came to us, a shooter. And we all got together and we all, you know, jumped on a squad together and we all shot. And I mean, he does really well. And we're like, hey, is there any pointers that you can give to these guys? What do you got? Because it's not just about us, man. It's about everybody in this community and we need to share this information. Definitely, definitely. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm all excited now. Are you? Yeah. Get, go out and, and, and shoot some more? I'm about to get down on that burrito that I bought this you morning. Bought a bar, you got a burrito? Mm. Yeah, dude. I got one of them. Shh, don't tell Don't tell Stacy. Stacy's got a new thing coming out for uh, our trainer. She's got a, a, our, our the physical. Nutritionist. Yeah, yes, the nutritionist. Yes, the nutritionist. Uh, she's Stacey. got a new thing coming out for like... Uh, uh, precision rifle shooting but like hydrating nutrition nutrition so the second piece is going to be like your blood sugar level right yep. and how to maintain that blood mm -hmm. sugar level so when you you guys will see that we'll post that up when she puts it out like we're in the uh she put out a rough draft and we went through it and we we're talking about it and we got some really good ideas for the future but the stuff that she's going to be putting out is uh to maintain your health while you're out there and, and right. try to stay on the gun and stay well, awake. You know what it screws with the most, the beginning, is your eyes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your mm -hmm. eyesight. Your eyesight goes when you're not hydrated, when you're not fed, when, when, when you're getting tired and all that. Like especially with me being what we talked about, the eye dominance and stuff. If I start getting not fed, not hydrated and tired, my left eye wants to take over and my right eye will go to shit and I'm shooting off my right eye. That's why I need the glasses to balance it. I need all that stuff. So I'll see if I start kind of struggling to keep that eye dominance in, in check. It's like I need to drink or eat 
because something's wrong. Yeah. Moral of the story is don't tell Stacy. I doubt she's going to be listening to this no. podcast anyway, so I'm going to eat this white gravy breakfast burrito that I got at the Maverick. Nice. Maverick, Which man. is going to go against everything she told me to do. She was like, if you get, if you get, if you stop at a gas station, this is what you get. And I'll put that information out, what she said. Yeah. Uh, it, we'll versus probably have it out. Got, yeah, versus, uh, the, the, but we'll have it out I later got, on this week. I got week, M&M's. So. Are M&M's on the list? I got like M&M's, pe- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Peanut He's got M&M's. peanuts? Yep. Oh, psh, they're healthy. I'm need in. To, need yeah. to have the Overeaters Anonymous version of the Everyday Sniper. <laughs> yes. Right. All right, guys. All righty. I'm good. You good? You good? I'm good. Aaron, Thanks, Aaron. Aaron, we appreciate Aaron coming out, guys. This this has been awesome to, to be able to talk with that. Uh, thank you. Uh, we got Mike out here, and we'll see everybody coming in for the class this week yeah. because the, the class is starting Thursday, on Friday. Thursday. Thursday, we're all meeting at Mile High, uh, a bunch of us. We'll be setting up a few other things, painting targets and things like that. Then we'll come out. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is our basic precision rifle uh class with the detachment and uh you know the mile high training group so i've had a lot of calls at mile high thanks guys uh you got you definitely got me running around doing stuff they're busy man yeah uh 303-255-9999 believe it or not i actually do pick up the phone if you leave a message i will call you back um i'm not just i'm not just not uh, like sitting there doing nothing there's I'm swamped. De- I'm I was definitely there for, I was there like doing six something. hours yesterday. <laughs> so How long just, was I just there Just be yesterday? patient if you want to talk directly to me. Four hours yesterday, right? It was like yeah, four, you, you guys were packed. Yep. Four hours. They were mobbed, man. It was, or you can email me, Mike, at milehighshooting.com. Super simple. And thanks for Aaron for giving us all this detailed information. I hope you guys were able to use it. There's value out there, guys, to this stuff that people turn their nose to. Don't fall for it. You can make it work in, without a lot of effort and without a lot of money. Cool. Frank from Sniper's Hide. Mike from Mile High Shooting, and And this is the Everyday Sniper. Aaron, thanks. Thank you, guys.